Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. And my name is Adam Jones. Today, we're taking you through the best bits of Lying by Samuel Benjamin, the BJ man, Harris. <laughs> Sam Harris. Uh, big podcast, very well-known dude, and we've never done one of his books before, so it's probably time. And this is a short and sweet little 40-page banger. Yes, and he's one hell of a thinker, and he's gone hard, obviously, on the topic of lying because he says... Among many paradoxes in life, one of the most peculiar things that we do in consequential is weird little species of human beings. Sometimes we often behave in ways that are guaranteed to make us unhappy and we still do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's bizarre, isn't it? A lot of us, we spend our times marching with open eyes, doing things that are leading us towards remorse, regret, guilt, disappointment and we just we just keep doing it though. We just keep Everybody doing it. all the time. We don't learn. We just keep doing things that are definitely going to make us worse off or you know, make us unhappy. And out of all the things that we do, nowhere do our injuries seem more casually just self-inflicted on ourselves or the suffering we create on others than in the lies that we tell to other human beings and sometimes to ourselves. He says that lying is the royal road to chaos. So, if you want to live a chaotic life, Go keep lying. Keep That's lying. it. <laughs> but it is something we all do. A couple of cheeky different lies. There's different different types of lies that we all do, different types of deception that we'll talk about in this episode. And of course, reasons why we shouldn't be lying and there's a better way to live your life. Before we get deep into lies, let's talk about deception. Because deception, it takes many forms, but not all acts of deceptions are lies. But sometimes, you know, there's a lot of deceptions that we do to keep up appearances and, mm. and other sorts of deceptions. But you know, they're close to lies, oh, not quite though. Absolutely. Like when Ash Joe goes to the beauty cabinet every morning and he tries to look a bit younger than he probably looks in real life and he <laughs> might put on a bit of makeup and a bit of lipstick to impress his colleagues at work. He's basically saying, please be aware that I do not look this good first thing in the morning. So, it's probably deceiving some of the your colleagues, Asha, when you do that thing. Yeah, a bit of makeup can be a bit of deception. It's not really how you actually look, but I don't know if... I don't, is that a lie or is that just a deception? Yeah, it's, it's a, a hard fine, one. It's a fine line. You know, another, another one that uh, Jonesy does all the time is you're walking down the street, you see a friend... <laughs> but then you just pretend that you don't no see friend. them and just keep walking. <laughs> and oh. you say, now I've got no interest in talking to that bloke and That's just keep good, walking. Mate. It'd be weird if I did it to you one day, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, like Jonesy, just, just I'd say I'd say there's a five year rule for some five old years. school friends. There's another one, you you know, you're having a dinner party and then one of the guests just says something so bloody stupid that you just look around and you're like, Oh it's like it slowed down the earth and you're probably gonna not acknowledge that. You're just gonna let that one slide and not a, rub it in their face. Another one is if someone says, oh, hey, Jonesy, how are you? And you just say, yeah, I'm doing well. You know, maybe you are, but a lot of times you're probably not doing well. Maybe you've had yeah. a shit day. Maybe it, someone's, you've had a fight with someone, but you just say as just a social convention, you say, yeah, I'm oh, doing well. Because it's, they're not actually asking how are you, no, are they? It's, it's just reflexive. a greeting. Yeah. If, you, if you go all heavy on them and say, yeah, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm miserable in my career. And you just start listing out all the shit that's going on. Um, it's probably worse than not. Not suitable for that moment. Yeah, that's right. So, these are all little deceptions. They're probably not quite lies yet. It's uh, maybe, it's probably skirting the truth a little bit, but they're not really, we're not really deliberately manufacturing falsehoods to conceal important facts to the detriment of others. So, the boundary is a little bit vague, but we haven't crossed the boundary into lying yet. Of course. So, sometimes you can deceive actually with the truth. So, so you're actually lying, but you're telling the truth, right? So, look, let's say if you you rock up to the White House and you're trying to get on the phone to Mark Zuckerberg to get him on the What You Learn podcast or something, can you say, hey, 
This is Adam calling from the White House. I'd love to speak to Zucks. Yeah. That's well, not you bullshit. are at the White House. You're not really, like you kind of are calling from the White House. It's true, but you're not calling from the White House. Like, mm. They think that you're inside. You're a person who's meant to be in the White House. One of mm. the the president's top dogs. You're at the White House. You're calling from the White House, but you're not in the White House doing the White House's duties. So it's true, but it's still a deception. I thought it was a pretty good idea. Actually, <laughs> if we go to the US, let's uh, do exactly that and see how we go. So what is a lie? What he's saying is it is to intentionally mislead others when they're expecting honest communication. So when you're when you're at the poker table, there's going to be deception, but you're not expecting honest communication. When you go and see a magic show, you're not expecting full truthfulness. So you know, poker players and magicians, they're off the hook. But when people are expecting honest communications and you intentionally mislead them, that's a lie. Mm. And we do it in all sorts of contexts, like we were saying before. You know, you might you might like to avoid embarrassment or you might put a bit of salt and pepper on your accomplishments, how many book sales we've got. Sometimes I'm always just, yeah, just add an extra 10%. That's probably okay. Or to disguise your, any sort of wrongdoing to, you know, make you look probably a bit more moral and ethical than you are. We also lie because we make promises that we don't intend to keep. We conceal defects in products or services. We might want to mislead competitors to gain an advantage or many of us lie to family and friends just to spare their feelings, to avoid an uncomfortable situation. You tell a little lie to save that short-term pain hmm. and just hope that in the, in the long term, it doesn't come back to bite you. So, you as the person just like putting a lie out there, it is when you're believing one thing in your brain so you know what you know, some sort of truth that you have in yourself, but you intend to communicate something that's different to what's in your mind. And that is the place where every single lie is born. So, when you tell a lie, you often imagine that it's not going to do any harm. As long as it goes undetected, as long as you get away with it, then it's all fine. But sometimes the lies can come back to haunt you. For example, Sita, she uh, had gone on a, on a holiday. She came back and when she saw a family friend, she thought, oh, I'll give these family friends a gift because she noticed when she was at the, the hotel that the, the little soaps, the little shampoos, little body lotions are actually really, really good quality. They, didn't, oh. they weren't just your cheapo depot hotel stuff. They were some serious good stuff. Mm. So, she sort of picked them up, got a little nice little gift bag, wrapped them up and gave them away as a gift. And uh, oh, the person opened it up and said, oh, this is incredible. Where'd you get this? And she said, oh, you know, I just got them from the hotel gift shop. Yeah. Bought them for you. It's a bit of obviously a bit of yeah. <laughs> BS on that one, but it's like just a small, it's a very small little deviation, yeah. isn't it? But unfortunately, the son who wasn't quite in on the ruse, the, you know, the six-year-old <laughs> son says, mom, what are you talking about? You just took him out of the bathroom. <laughs> all, of, all of a sudden, that lie that you thought was just a nice little bit of salt and pepper, yeah. you got them from the hotel, you say you bought them, you kind of just pinched them. Um, all of a sudden, that gift is looking pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll be pretty pretty embarrassed right, from the kid. That kid's probably not eating that <laughs> night or something. You'd probably throw him in the naughty room or something. It might seem like the most trivial of lies just sort of is it's yeah. something we've we've all done something tiny like that to varying degrees and perhaps it didn't hurt the trust between the two friends and maybe they had a laugh about it as well and yet mm. gotcha uh, and you know recognize it something that uh, both of them did at some stage but at the end of the day it reveals something about see to the person mm. it seems she's gonna lie and talk shit complete BS just when it suits her needs she's not going to have that uncomfortable moment and, and tell the truth yeah it doesn't seem like a big lie but that extra little bit of salt and pepper if you're the friend you, you've now eroded everything that Cedar says from now on you think is there probably 5 or 10% mayo on top of that maybe I can't really trust Cedar but that opportunity to deceive others it pops up all the time and it's always very very tempting for you to say that you bought it compared to I just took these off the bathroom sink 
Mm. The gift seems so much better. So that opportunity there, it seems like very harmless. It's very tempting to really pump up that, that level of gift. And often a lot of us do take those opportunities once they're presented. Absolutely. Many of us, every night we go to bed and uh, it's almost impossible for some to really go to bed without having told several lies throughout the course of the day. There's always these little temptations. It's always so tempting to just deceive others a little bit in those little moments, but it really puts us on some of the steepest ethical terrain that we're ever Mm -hmm. going to cross in our lives. Very slippery slope. One study found that 10% of communication between spouses is deceptive, and another study found that 38% of encounters among college students contain lies. That's a hell of a lot. So every time you you can imagine the, the types of lies you'd be coming up with, and uh, it just seems to be that's that's a hell of a lot. Mm. What two out of five times that you speak to someone they're, they're going to tell you a lie? And research is also suggests, as you're not surprised, that despite these high numbers and our temptations to lie so much, including the little cheeky white lies that we might just drop out every now and then to spare the feelings of others. All of them are associated with less satisfying relationships compared mm. to the ones that are more truthful. Has Harris made the commitment to always tell the truth? I think he has, yeah. Yeah. I think he's, maybe he's working his way there, but he says that if you if you made that commitment to always tell the truth, you're going to very quickly notice how unusual and how rare it is to find somebody else who's also in the same boat. If you're always telling the truth, you're going to realize that everybody else is lying in some way, in some small way or big way all around you all the time. Absolutely. Honest people are a bit of a refuge. I mean, there's a couple of people I've come across where they just they just don't just don't hold back. They don't hold their punches. <laughs> if they think something and they just go bang, you're like shit and just, you know, very direct and sometimes quite harsh. But it is true, like they are a refuge, you might be hurt in the moment, but over time you you probably grow in respect for the people who are just straight shooters compared to the ones who are just more deceptive than the others. And he says that if you are committing to be honest with everybody then you're committing to avoid a wide range of long-term problems at the cost of the short-term uh, little occasional discomfort. Mm. So you're gonna, if you're going to be honest all the time, yeah, there's going to be a few pangs every now and then, a few bits of hurt, a few moments of a little bit of short-term pain. But he's saying that if you commit to doing this and taking the hard route in the short term, over the long term, it's going to be a, a much more satisfying and fulfilling relationship. And this honesty can be a gift to others. And that discomfort that you have when you are being brutally honest at times, it might take a bit of practice to feel comfortable in these times. You get invited out for dinner and you don't want to go. You say, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> you're canceling plans. You're <laughs> declining invitations. You're negotiating contracts. You're saying, nah, you know, I'm not getting paid enough, boss. And you just go, bang. You're critiquing other work, just saying, yeah, your work sucks, mate. Maybe there's probably more <laughs> uh, more better ways to articulate what I'm not saying. not quite here. so black and white, yeah. Mm. But it also holds a mirror to one's life and others' uh, others' lives. And, and once you're committing to tell the truth, you're probably going to be walking around and paying attention to what the truth really is and probably getting a better data set that enters your brain about what the world is. Yeah, Harris found that telling the truth can reveal ways in which we want to grow but haven't. And one example for him was he was picked uh, as a valedictorian of his high school. He was asked to give a, a speech. But then he, he said, oh... I probably shouldn't do this. We should probably give it to you know somebody else who's been here longer or who's achieved more, blah, blah, blah. He was saying all these things that kind of felt true at the time, but really when, when he realized, actually, 
It was just that he was really shit scared of public speaking, that he didn't want to do the speech, so he's coming up with all these reasons. If he had told the truth and said, oh, that's a great opportunity, but I'm pretty scared of public speaking, he would then realize that actually public speaking is probably something he wants to get better at, something that is not good enough yet, that he needs to develop, that he needs to learn, that he needs to improve. But So by telling that truth, he would have actually revealed something more, uh, something more personal and something more important. Yeah, so I guess he was just lying to himself there and he missed himself the opportunity to, with that truth, actually grow himself in that specific area. Uh, if you're telling the truth and you've got this commitment, the rudder of your ship will be going really in the direction of what's authentic for you. Now, let's look at all the different types of lies that there are. One important distinction between lies is acts of commission and acts of omission. We judge the acts of commission much more harshly. The commission, they're the th- things that we're actively doing. They're the, the lie that we create, the, the falsehood that we tell, the, the conspiracy that we build up behind somebody's back. These are the things that we're actively doing. When we see somebody or hear about somebody doing that, we say that's a really bad thing to do. To mm. actively tell lies is a really bad thing to do. And then omission is something entirely different. So, let's say it's one thing to go up and... Uh, Ash Joe, when you go to the bathroom next, I could just go through your wallet and <laughs> take a hundred bucks out. Um, yeah. That's that's commission. Yeah. It's a bit different if you leave your hundred bucks here, and that's that's omission. <laughs> that's I'd what? probably give you a call and say, Ash Joe, you left hundred bucks. But you know, sometimes if the ATO did it, they left yeah. <laughs> an extra couple of grand in my account. Uh, I just let you'd hundred percent let that slide, wouldn't you? And you can you can imagine the times uh, you go and buy something for you know six bucks. You pay with a, a 20 and they only give you four bucks a change. Then you'd say to them, Oh, mm. hey, you've shortchanged me. You've given me, I need another 10 bucks. But if you paid with a 10 and then like they gave you 14 bucks a change instead of four, you probably wouldn't, you probably just pocket that extra 10. That, you wouldn't really say anything else. Well, you? that exact thing happened to me the day I finished this book, actually. It was a very <laughs> short book. So it was a real test. I think it was a universe prod me. Yeah. And like I gave it, it was 20 bucks. I was buying, um, just buying a bag to put a, a gift in sort of thing. And it was a, I also had a power adapter and a few other things, but she only charged me like three bucks for this whole lot of yeah. stuff. She <laughs> took the 20 bucks and walked off and there was like a 10 second silence and it was <laughs> like good angel versus the demon on my shoulder. And uh, yeah, the good angel came up. Really? Like, Sam Harris said, come on, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've got another big one, man. When we were working at the Tudor Inn, I'm sure I've told you this when... I was sitting there in Smoko just having a look if my pay went in. Working at a pub was like 400 bucks for the week or something. And yeah. 12 grand. <laughs> Not from the tutor in, but just some random account in the world just oh. accidentally transferred Wrong 12 grand into yeah. my account. Yeah. Um, and what did I do? <laughs> well, I definitely <laughs> kept it. <laughs> I, I let him know about it. I let the bank know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it was a big corporation, I'd let it slide. But I was thinking, all right, it could be. Could, could be, be someone, anything. Could yeah, be someone's someone, health, yeah. or who knows. <laughs> and that was that was even before reading the line. I reckon if it was, I reckon if it was like twelve hundred, you wouldn't say anything. But twelve mm-hmm. grand's probably above that level. That's a hard one. It's a lot of money. Man. <laughs> it's probably my peak moral as well. Yeah, there's a. I reckon there's a, a lot of times where you've you've got the extra five or ten bucks in change that you let those ones slide. I reckon. Yeah. But if you, if it was the other way and you got short change, you'd definitely be letting them know about it. Yeah, omission, commission. So, you know. Acts of omission are also lies that we perhaps tell ourselves they're not lies. Yeah, it's one thing to 
go in a, a job interview and lie about your experience or lie about what jobs you've had or what education you've got. That would be commission. But if somebody, uh, you know, first day on the job and they say, oh, here's Adam, he's, uh, you know, he's worked at Google and Facebook and Netflix and then they're just telling everybody, might be, might just let that one slide. Yeah, yeah. That would be omission not to correct the falsehood and just let that one go as yeah. well. But yeah, you're not off the hook. That's still a lie. <laughs> it's going to come back to get you, that's yeah. for sure. So the other form of lies is the, the white lies. So let's say you get an awful gift from your uncle. Jimmy's just gone to Bali and he's bought you a party shirt. And it's a party shirt. You know, you know it sucks and you're never going to wear it. And you're saying, hey, wow, that's amazing. And, and he's like, do you like it? And you're like, uh, where did you buy it? <laughs> and he's trying to change the conversation. Bali, now you're in a bit of a cold sweat because he's kind of cornering you to get give a real reaction about what you think. Yeah, he's asking, shirt. do you, do you like it or not? And every time you're answering, not with an actual answer to that question, you're trying to skirt the real question. You don't want to say, so Jimbo, this fucking sucks, mate. You're just saying, oh, where'd you get it? Oh, this is amazing. Oh, thanks so much for thinking of me. You haven't actually said if you like it or not yet. But Harris is saying you don't have to just say, you know, Jimbo, you suck. This this sucks. Yeah, he's saying you, know, you could say, oh, I love it, which is a lie. Yeah, or you could say, oh, this sucks. There's, you know, black and white. There's a bit of gray in the middle where you can take a, a different path. Well, that's where he says, you know, I'm really touched you, th- you thought of me. So, mm. it's still having that pleasantness in the interaction, but you're not telling BS when you're, when you're doing it. So, that's probably a response what Harris is more comfortable with. And when you commit to not lying, you get a bit more skillful sort of dancing around those moments. Yeah, you're not saying, oh, Jimbo, I love this so much because then Jimbo's expecting the next Christmas party that you're going to be wearing that shirt because it's your new favorite shirt. If you try and lie and put too much salt and pepper on it, you're just going to cause more problems later. When Jim never sees you wear that shirt ever again, he's going to be thinking, well, Jonesy's giving me a bit of... He's, he's lied to me here. Mm. Another example is Sam Harris was once asked from a friend if he was overweight, which he obviously was carrying a few extra kgs and he's probably just asking for reassurance. Hey, I don't look that bad, do I? It's in summer here. I'm a bit self-conscious. They were sitting by the wires by the pool with their tops off having a drink. So, Harris, he answered, look, no one's ever going to say you're fat. And you're, not, you're not huge. You're not obese. But if I was you, I'd probably want to lose 25 pounds. Mm. So, a bit of a slap. Yeah, definitely. But two months later, uh, he's 15 pounds lighter because of that honest interaction what Harris had. Neither of them knew that he needed to go on a diet until... Harris declined the opportunity to lie and mm. avoid that uncomfortable conversation that they had. Yeah, that's right. The bloke who was he was probably thinking, oh, you know, you know, I'm getting a bit older, the metabolism's slowing down. I've got a got a wife and kids now, so it's probably okay. He probably wasn't really thinking about losing weight, but when Harris gave him the honest answer, like, yeah, he wasn't fat, he wasn't uh, ridiculously overweight, but he could probably afford to lose a few pounds. That's when he started thinking. That's when the wheels started turning. Actually, I probably can do something about this. So, it was that little bit, of, little bit of honesty was enough to plant the seed. Now, what about a, another tougher one? This is the steel man of the tough one of the white lie. If you have a white lie, it'd be this one. This is the, and the stereotypical, you know, you know, does this dress make me look fat? When you're going out for the, night, the, the big party or the nice fancy dinner and the, and the partner says, does, does this outfit make me look fat? Here's your, this is when you're really going to get tested. Well, you're going to tell the truth here. There's a few few things that could happen if you did tell the truth. And again, you don't have to explicitly just be a dick about it. You can kind of uh, navigate this in a skillful way. But one thing... Tell you're not just going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to say yes. You can skirt around it. But telling her the truth would help her find a more flattering outfit. Yeah, you can probably say that... You wouldn't say yes, you look fat. You could probably say, no, you don't look fat, but it doesn't look the best on you, this dress. Maybe, maybe you can try something else. And that's probably... 
that you know that there's going to be five seconds of really uncomfortableness there because they're probably just saying you know tell me I look good tell me you love me not actually they're not actually asking do you look fat or not but if they're actually thinking do I look fat then the whole night they're going to be sub a little bit self conscious they're going to be thinking oh, you know what angle is are people looking at me at is this dress really looking good on me if you can actually go through that five seconds of pain to say actually let's try something else. And say, no, you're not fat. It just doesn't look that good on you. This outfit doesn't really work. Then in the long term, that's going to be a good thing. So that's then if the truth is that the dress, it's the dress that makes it look fat. Yeah. The other truth might be that she's, she's are, fat. Yeah. She's, she's, she is fat. So uh, what do you do in that situation? So obviously, that's uh, next level difficult. But let's just put in some context here. Let's say she's 35 years old. She's single. You know that her greatest desire right now is to get married and start a family. You also believe that most men are probably going to decline her and swipe right on Tinder if uh, she's at her current weight. I think it's swipe right, isn't it? I don't know. It's long past, uh, a long past that for both of us. And on top of that, like, she's just probably going to feel happier and healthier and just better about herself and, and her whole self-esteem if she did get in shape. So, you can take the, the easy path, the white lie and just say no... Uh, no, you don't look fat or no, you're not fat. Uh, you know, In the short term, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier. You can simply deny all those realities that if somebody lost weight, they probably would be happier and healthier and more energetic if they got in shape or you can take the, the tougher route, decide not to lie, to have the honest conversation and yeah, it's going to be extremely painful but maybe in the long term, it's going to be a really big help to them. That's it. You're probably going to get accused of fat shaming and a bit of that sort of stuff but in when you lie to your friends, you're really denying them useful information and setting them up for future disappointment. So, what are you, mm. what are you really doing for them? Nobody else is going to tell them the truth. Like if no. you're a, if you're a good friend, you're probably the only person who is in the place to have the honest conversation to actually help them because nobody else is going to do it. I would never say that to anybody unless they're extremely, extremely, extremely close. Yeah, that's it, hundred percent. But the temptation to lie in these circumstances are bloody overwhelming. Another form of lies is is big lies. So we've, got, we've been covering the lies at the individual level, but obviously it also happens at the corporate level, and government, um, public institutions, and their whole brand and their whole, uh, the whole system can be undermined by lies. Yeah, you've got the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which started the Vietnam War, really. You've got the false reports of weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, which, which started that war. There's all these like big lies that have kicked off massive you know, worldwide catastrophes and uh, really like has led us to distrust, you know, big government, big corporations, big institutions. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly in the last few years, there's just a reflex of just distrust for people in positions of authority. Like there was, you know, the, the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and there's so much just distrust around, around countries declaring war now. If there was like, say, a, a World War II event happening right now and or a real reason to go to war, not everyone could get behind something like that, mm. I think, and, and you're not behind a country yeah, you'd going always, to war. You'd always be worrying about what's the, what's what's the, the real... Yeah. Yeah, what's <laughs> the What's really happening? Or like pharmaceutical companies that come out with this new wonder drug, spend a whole bunch of money marketing it, selling it to everyone, and then you realize that actually it's basically no more effective than a placebo. When they actually did legit studies, it was only slightly better than a placebo. Then you're always going to be thinking, okay, well, is this medicine actually doing anything for me and that that first lie starts to compound starts to snowball all of a sudden you're distrusting all medicine and all of a sudden you're like well should i take this medicine or not and then if you're in a serious dire health consequences you're always going to be questioning you know what's the go with this medicine here is it legit or not so this is this lie that is constantly uh undermining 
all of our future decisions and, and reducing our trust in big organizations. So bloody hell, lies are everywhere. They're so tempting. There's so many different forms of them. But there's huge issues that pop up because of it. Lies at all forms. One of the biggest problems that we have when we lie or the big bad liars out there, <laughs> you got to keep track of them all. You're talking <laughs> shit all day. Uh, you tell Susie, you put a bit of salt and pepper about how you performed at this thing and then a week later, you're having the same conversation with someone else. You're like, what? And then that person speaking to Susie, like, it's... It's crazy accounting that you can do in your brain. Yeah, and then lies beget other lies. Because if you tell Susie that one lie and then Johnny comes over and asks you, you know, oh, I heard from Susie you did this on the weekend. Killing and- it, mate. <laughs> killing it. You heard you're killing it. You go, yeah, killing then you it. Gotta, then you got to keep telling those lies. Or imagine, you know, you you say, uh, you know, one of your mates invites you out, out for, a, for a night out and you say, oh, sorry, I've got plans with so-and-so that night. And then you got to remember which who you told the lie to. Then they're going to say, "Oh, hang on, I thought you were with this person." Then they see you walking down the street, just getting a kebab by yourself. And then yeah. there's all these lies that can completely come unstuck. You got to keep lying to keep up with your own lies, but you also got to keep track of all the different lies that you're telling. Yeah, that's it. The world out there, reality, it's just doing its thing. And lies, they sort of continually need to be protected from the collisions with your reality because reality is always <laughs> going to be there. Like what really happened? Yeah. So. When you're telling the truth all the time, you've got this commitment. There's really nothing to keep track of. You don't need to do this accounting whatsoever. Literally, the world itself is your memory. Mm. And there are times when you like don't believe what you used to believe or something. That's fine. Like You can just continually just, just you know, no accounting and just, just be, right. what you, be what you are. That's right. Actually, a quote mum used to always say to me, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Ooh. You start that first little strand of a lie wonderful. and then that spider web just keeps getting more and more complex. Your whole life becomes a complex web of trying to keep track of your lies compared to if you just tell the truth, you've only got one truth. It's, it's much more simple. Yeah, beautiful quote there. Okay. So the liar must remember what they was said to whom and maintain all these falsehoods all the way into the future. It's very hard to untangle that web of lies as well. <laughs> That's right. It's an extraordinary amount of work, all of which comes at the expense of authentic communication, free attention, the upsides we've already mentioned. So most forms of private vice and public evil, they're kindled and sustained by lies. If you think about it, all acts of adultery, personal betrayals, financial fraud, government corruption, murder, genocide, all of these kind of required some moral defect and that really started with a willingness to lie. It started with that one lie that kept escalating and kept escalating. When we lie on the personal level to others, we're really denying them a view of the world and having that extra data. And our dishonesty not only influences the choices they're going to make as their next steps, it really determines the choices that we're going to make personally in ways we can't really predict. Every lie is an assault on the autonomy of those we lie to. If you just think for a moment, how would your relationships change if you resolve to never lie again? What truths about yourself might suddenly come into view? What kind of person would you become? And how might you change the people around you if you made a commitment, if you made a vow to stop telling lies and just from now on always tell the truth? Probably worth finding out. 